hope the sound is better. I, 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 I we've gotten several notes that the sound is not as as on uh, me on you or as loud as it should be. So yeah. hopefully, guys, we're we are aware and we we are working on it. So hopefully, um, we're doing a little better. You look absolutely beautiful with your balls all over your uh, <laughs> all over your sweater. A lot of balls. I'm, gonna, not I'm not doing balls. a pearl jet. I'm, like, I'm not doing a pearl necklace it's not joke. A tacky, I'm not it's doing not doing a tacky. Oh shoot! I didn't even catch um, that. Um, but you look I beautiful. You, I thought you were gonna say something about my shoulder pads. Are those coming back? Are shoulder pads Feel coming it. back? Feel it. Are those coming back? I don't. I think I don't know if they are. According to H and M, they are. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. It all comes back around. It all comes back around. <laughs> I've never even got my 80s shoes on. You can't see them, but they're really, really, really cool episode, guys. We we um we from time to time. Yes. You know, have people on and, you know, we're, we're very proud that our podcast is starting to to really get some notoriety and some and some um, we're getting some love that people want to come and chat with us. People want to chat with us. And 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 it was really cool. Uh, Peter, um, I want to Fascinelli. say Fascinelli. Uh, you might recognize him from Nurse Jackie or the Twilight series. Which I or... read those books as a kid. I shouldn't say as Nurse a kid. Jackie? No, not Nurse Jackie. The Twilight, oh, Twilight. books. I yes. read all the Twilight books. I, look, and I, I didn't saw the movie. Like, people, that was a thing. People talk about Twilight all the time and, oh, this. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Twilight with you. Yeah. Uh, when they were coming out. I, I clearly remember him as the as the dad. Yeah. Good actor. Yeah. You know. He reached out and, and he said, hey, I've got this movie to promote and we would like to be on the Stephen Caffanewa podcast. Can I tell you, I had mixed feelings. Like when when they reached out, Lori got the email and she was like so excited. And I, I love him from Nurse Jackie. He was great. But I know like our audience is weird sometimes about the guests. They're like, I don't like them. I just want you guys to talk. Like, why do you have this person on? So I like on my end of things, I'm always like, I feel like I have to almost vet who we're having on and be like, will they like him? I mean, we will have this a, be interesting. We but have I, a female audience. But after speaking with him, because we're like we're recording this after we have already spoken with him. Yes, we have already spoken with him. By the way, I like him even more. I, I like, like him a lot. Now and I'm like, will you come back again, Peter? Please. I, I, I have uh, <laughs> I have learned in my life to be better, and I try to be better. And one of the things that that I have done in the past is in, in my life is I will judge a book by its cover. Yeah. You know, um, I used to I used to look at rich kids and go, fuck them, and they're rich kids and they have zero, they've, they've worked for nothing. And, yeah. I, you know, but as I've grown older and, and I've gotten to know rich kids and now my son is a rich kid, um, I now look at it very, very different. Yeah. Right? Um, but he's not that. Why are you well, bringing up rich I'm, kids? I'm getting somewhere. Okay. Well, well, get there, would ya? When I see these good-looking faces on TV, <laughs> I automatically think they're just good-looking faces. Oh, when I see a guy with abs, <laughs> you know. But you look at him and you go, you know, I, you know, I, I made the mistake of looking at Val Kilmer and going, "Oh, Val was this pretty face that walked by, and somebody said you should be an actor." Uh-huh. Well, after watching Val, uh-huh. the documentary. He was a very, very serious actor, very committed to being an actor. Yeah. And I, I misjudged him. Yeah. You know, because he was this pretty face. And I said, oh, you know, he's some good looking guy. You know, he walked through the hallway and somebody said, you're an actor, right? Yeah. Uh, but 
I learned my lesson. Same with him. He's this good-looking guy that always played the good-looking guy. Yeah. And I and and a little bit of me was like, oh, this guy, you know, he's just this pretty boy. But after talking to him, great guy, uh, has such a admiration for his hardworking father. Yeah. Um, I, I really loved what he said about his mom. And and I think that that is so important. Yeah. You know, my grandmother was like that. You know, my my dad's mom, she would always say, hey, you're a Trevino, be proud to be a Trevino. She was not. Not only was my grandmother not a Trevino, she was divorced from my grandfather. Yeah. But even after being divorced from him and whatever happened there, she still inst- helped instill in me the a sense pride of, pride. of my family. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's important and, and, and you'll hear in the interview that, that, and we don't want to give away the whole interview, but he talks about his mom and his dad working six days a week and working from literally from, you know, seven in the morning till 2 a.m. Two jobs. Two jobs, six days a week. And he said, my mom could have easily said, you know, F your dad. I'm at home doing everything while your dad's out there, you know, not home, you yeah. know, instead she praised his dad and she, she told her kids, Hey, dad's out there making all this happen for us. So I, I really love that he said that. And I, I just yeah. thought it was a, a, uh, the lesson that I got out of that is yeah. that, that it is our job to be cheerleaders for each other. When we talk about that, you like know. when he said that, that really rang in my heart too, because we talk about that with us when Garrett gets really sad that you're not here for something. And at home, you know, I say dad's out there working hard so that we can have time together and go do cool things when he's not working. And, you know, and, and we also talk about how vice versa. It is my job to tell my kids, Hey, mom is a hardworking person and mom does beautiful things for you. And mom is here being an amazing mother. Right. Yeah. So it has to go both ways when it comes to being each other's cheerleaders. But also, right? you know, he says, and again, not to give away the whole thing, but he says, you know, it's, it's, everyone is kind of experiencing the same thing. Some kids don't get to see their parents from nine to five. Some kids don't get to see their parents on the weekends because they travel for work. You know, some parents work for long stretches, but then they're home for long stretches. Like, you yeah, know, everybody has their cross the bear and, 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 and it all equals out. And we've talked about that. Yeah. Um, from us. And, and in this interview, I wanted to get to know him a little bit deeper than, well, just so you guys know, he's, he's promoting a movie called fire and on fire. fire. And I watched the trailer and I got to tell you, man, it, it is, it is awesome. And it is about human beings and it is about a family literally being taken over by a wildfire and having to survive it. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. Not because what you're saying in the story, but just how in the interview you kept saying, you know, you always play this good looking guy. And in this movie, you don't No, no, <laughs> not, no, I know you didn't mean it like that, but I felt like you said it several times. No, but, but he <laughs> always plays the, the, the slick, good looking guy. Yeah. And, and, and again, in this movie, when you picture this guy in, cause we watch nurse Jackie as well. When you picture him in Nurse Jackie, when you picture him in Twilight, and then you see this movie trailer and you go, holy shit, like, if I didn't know... You wouldn't know he's a good-looking guy with abs? Right. 
<laughs> you well, no, you wouldn't know it's the same dude. Like, yeah, I, you know, because he is not, and I and, and I hope I don't offend him, but he is not your Robert De Niro. He is not your somebody that 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 you constantly go. He's one of those guys. He's underrated. Go, well, for sure, he's underrated. He's underrated. But, but he's one of those guys where you go, you know him. And you're like, no, I don't know Peter Fenton. You know, yeah. well, he was the dad in Twilight. Oh, I know that dude. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. But, but when you think of that dude and then you see the trailer, it is a big jump. I mean, it is a, there's a big difference between the dude on Nurse Jackie and yeah. the dad on Twilight to, the, to this character. And I thought it was really interesting because he just pulls it off so well. Yeah. And you look at a good looking slick guy like him and you go, there's no way you're a cart heart wearing, you know, firefighter, firefighter type. Well, he's not a firefighter in the movie, but you know, a country dad type. Yeah. But he plays it, you know, I'm super excited um, for you guys to see this interview um, with that, that Renee and I had with, this great guy, and, and we we have not seen the movie. I want to make it very clear that we have not seen the movie. However, I saw the trailer, and I am in. It's a date night. For sure, it's a date night. However, like I say in the interview, this is my kind of movie. Yeah. I like movies about people. Yeah. I like movies about human beings. I like movies. Um, I don't need. Do I like watching Marvel movies? Sure. Yeah. But those are blockbusters. They're fun to watch. There, you know, but yeah. but for me, the things that touch me, the things that move me, the things that that I want to see, are movies about real humans. Yeah. And this movie is about real human beings, surviving, and being a dad in a situation where he has to save his family. And I'm interested in watching the whole movie. I think we can come back and revisit. Peter kept saying that he wanted our review. <laughs> I don't know if he was full of shit or not. I don't think he was. He seemed very sincere. He did seem really, he seemed like a really sincere dude. He, he seemed like a very sincere dude. Um, what would you like to add to that before we let everybody uh, listen to our interview? I was going to say, that's it. My stomach's grumbling. I'll let you take me on a date. Huh? Well, I thought we can't go on a date. We got shit to do. We do. I'm, I made um, uh, your stuffed um, peppers. You're welcome. Okay. I Thank cook you. around here. Um, but you, they but, were pre-made. He just put them in the oven. I mean, that's what you call cooking. Yeah, that is what I call cooking. <laughs> Fair so, enough. So, Touche. So before we before we move on and you watch this great interview, um, don't forget about Aztec Chevrolet, Uvalde Chevrolet. I, I went out there to go visit. This is a startup. I mean, the, these guys over in Uvalde Chevrolet have every car that you can imagine and need, but we're starting from scratch out there. So we need to sell a car at Uvalde Chevrolet. Give us a chance out there, please. Aztec Chevrolet, we absolutely love them. Don't forget, we also have Fahard <laughs> and Goliad. Um, old Salt Coffee, uh, code Trevino10 for your, your 10% discount. I was discount. just thinking we're going to have lots of guests for Thanksgiving. We're I need to, to make sure up. we have yep. enough coffee. Uh, Pick Cherries, our friends at Pick Cherries. Rowl Western Wear. Oh, yes, and we are giving away. you got to go to Rowl Instagram and, and get in the contest. We are giving away two plane tickets to see me in Vegas, a hotel room to see me in Vegas, backstage passes to see me in Vegas. You probably will get to play at my (laughs) private craps table in (laughs) Vegas. And then, ladies, Raul is going to dress your husband for the entire weekend. So he looks nice. Yes. So stevetrevino.com, raulwestronward.com, 
I can't wait to see who wins. Oh, and then and then we're we're filming this special. Like this is coming out, and we are filming your special, Simple Man. We are collecting photos. Go to Steve's website. We want pictures of hardworking men and women who tell the Simple Man story. And on my website, stevetrevino.com. We love you guys. Please enjoy this interview, and please remember. And I know sometimes you guys are like, we just want you and Captain Evil. We enjoyed this. Yeah. We enjoyed it. It was a really special treat um, for Renee and I. So here he is, beautiful Peter. Fascinelli. Enjoy. There you are, Mr. Peter. How are you, sir? How are you? How are you guys? We're, we're, we, are, uh, we are doing absolutely fantastic. Where, where do you live? Where do you stay right now? I live in Los Angeles, California. Oh, you're hanging in there, dude. Just hanging in there. Yeah. So many people are leaving, you know? Where are you guys calling him from? Well, we, we we were back home in Texas. You know, we spent our time in yeah. in Los Angeles. My, my wife actually studied at NYU. Amazing. What did you study there? Uh, I studied at Stella Adler. I was a Tisch grad. Yeah, I, I love Stella Adler's stuff. I was with the uh, Practical Aesthetic Workshop, which is David Mamet's company. Yes. I studied uh, Meisner and I studied Mamet. Uh, but I did a little bit of Stella Adler outside of NYU, and, and I, I, I think I gravitated towards her work. This was like one of my was my favorite techniques. So I mean, you're a so you're a Queens kid, you know, living in Queens, wanting to do acting, and then found NYU. So you know, Renee, you know, Renee and I grew up in the same town, which is a very very small town, and to for her to find NYU, you know, it was one of those things that her drama teacher suggested it to her i mean how did that even get on your radar i mean obviously you're in queens but queens is a whole nother world away from manhattan really i mean i i didn't do plays in high school i was really shy i never did a play in high school and uh and then i took an acting 101 class at like saint john's university i was studying like pre-law there and then i found a guy his name is mark amitson who was a manager and he managed like William Defoe and Steve Buscemi. And he said, you know, I was taking his classes like just for fun. Uh, and he said, you know, you should really study this. You, you could, I think you have talent. And, uh, and, and he helped me transfer into NYU. I mean, it, it shows that one person can change your life. Cause if I didn't meet him, I don't think I would have done it. I wouldn't have had the wherewithal to do it or the belief in myself to do it. So, uh, so that one, one person set my whole life on a different trajectory. Peter, to jump in with what you said, that it really takes one person. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I, like Steve said, we're from a small little town in South Texas. And if it hadn't been for my drama teacher saying, Renee, you got accepted, like you have to go. I, I wouldn't have known. I'd never even visited New York City. I didn't know what that was. Like I'd never been in a taxi cab or on a subway. And at 17, my parents dropped me off in New York City. Uh, and, and Peter, like, were your parents first-generation uh, Italian-Americans or second? I was actually first-generation American. They were from Italy, so uh, they didn't understand what I was doing at all. Like, I think telling them I wanted to be an actor was like saying I wanted to go to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so I had told them that... I, I needed to take acting classes because uh, to be a lawyer, you needed to, to stand in front of people. And uh, and so acting classes are required. <laughs> they didn't know any better. They're still waiting for me to go to law school, I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, because you got these immigrant parents that are like, oh my God, my son's going to be a lawyer. They're walking around telling everybody, oh, he's going to law school. And then, you know, you choose yeah. acting. I mean, but, but, you know, my wife and I both come from, you know, immigrant parents and, and kind of that work ethic that I, I watch in my parents, you know, to me, it was so valuable to see how hard my parents worked at a, at a really hard job and a tough job. Yes. So, you know, when I got into stand-up comedy, my, my whole approach was, man, if my dad can work this hard as a welder and a pipe fitter, man, I can work extra hard in my stand-up career and make those sacrifices that, in my opinion, other people weren't willing to make. Did, did you yeah. feel that, that, that you had the same feeling towards the, your, your approach to it all? Yeah, I mean, my dad worked six, six days a week. He, was a, he waited. I always joke he waited tables so I didn't have to because he was a waiter. And uh, in Manhattan, he waited tables. And, and he had two jobs. He, he had a lunch job and a, and a, and a night job at a restaurant. And, uh, and he would leave the house at 9 a.m. And he wouldn't come home until 2 a.m. So I wouldn't see him during the week because I'd go to school at 7. And he'd still be asleep. And then when he came home, I was asleep. So I saw my dad, like, on Sundays. That was it. Uh, but, you know, I knew he was working hard for all of us. And, and my mom always told us, you know, he was working hard to put food on the table. You know, it's funny because you hear these stories and messages like my mom could have been like, your dad's never around. I'm doing everything like, I, you know, and I would have hated my dad. But my dad, my mom held him up to be a hero. And I always looked at him like, you know, he worked so hard to put himself through school, to put food on the table. So uh, he was he was my hero growing up and he still is. And yeah, those hard work ethics. Uh, you know, I can work around the clock and, and it doesn't faze me, you know, because my dad always said, if you if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, you know? But but he, but he is a hero, man. Like, I mean, you know, when you look at a man like that, like your dad, like my dad, never complained, right? Did not, they were never rich. Yeah. But, you know, that that's what, you know, I'm putting out a new a new special here soon. And the whole, all the materials is exactly that, right? That, that my parents are my heroes because, they do the jobs that nobody ever says thank you for, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever says, hey, man, thank you for doing what you do because I have a better life because you're, you're doing this job. So, yeah, man, I mean, your dad is definitely a hero. And kudos to your mom for, for doing the right thing and saying, hey, man, this guy is out here killing himself. Which, by the way, I think we forget how important immigrants are because immigrants come here truly, truly appreciate what this country has to offer. And yeah. your dad just wants a job, you know? Yeah, when he came, he had like, he had nothing. It, 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 to him, you know, he, I think he said he made $5 the first night he was here. And he said he made that in a month in Italy. So to him, uh, the, the, sidewalk, the sidewalks were paved with gold because he could go out anywhere and make money. Very, where he came from, he couldn't. So I think we take that for granted a lot. And so, so then you're a kid, NYU, now it's audition time, now it's hit the grind. Did you start in New York or did you go, I gotta go to LA? No, I started in New York, I was auditioning. I auditioned for like a year and didn't book anything. But the beauty of being young and naive is like, I thought I was crushing it. 
out <laughs> 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 every room going, I was good. <laughs> Meanwhile, my agents are probably like, we're going to fire this kid. He can't get up. Because <laughs> I didn't know any better, you know. I didn't know how hard it was. I didn't know, like, it, it takes sometimes years to get work. Like, I was just going to auditions and really enjoying the process of, like, getting a space to act in. You know what I mean? When you go to an audition, there's a little audience. And you go and you're, I'm like, this is great. I got, and then um, about a year, I booked my first job. And I booked my next job, like, two weeks later. And then a month later, I, booked my th I mean, I've never had to knock on wood have another job because I just got a book work. But don't you think that kind of that, that naive attitude is kind of, that was me. Like I didn't know any better. Right. And, and yeah. sometimes I, I tell my wife, like if I would have known the odds of a Mexican American comedian being yeah. successful in this business, I probably wouldn't have done it. 1000%. Like I had a conversation with, with somebody on a podcast yesterday and he said, you know, my, my daughter wants to go on the business. I'm really worried for her. I don't know how to tell her how hard it is. And I said, don't. Don't, <laughs> don't tell her how hard it is. Because if you tell her it's hard, it's going to be hard. It's what you believe, right? So if you believe, oh, I go to school, I, I get a job, and now I'm acting, then that's kind of like what you're manifesting and believing. But as soon as you start to believe, like, this is hard, I'm never going to make it, then, then you're creating those obstacles. So in a weird way, being young and naive is a beautiful thing. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. And then, so then, boom, you meet your first wife. Now, if I'm getting too personal, tell me, but, you know, yeah. Renee and I, you know, our podcast is a lot about marriage. And, you know, we struggle, if I'm being honest with you, we struggle with this business because I am on the road. I'm doing press. I'm flying out. She's auditioning. She's doing commercials. Would you say that, or, or what advice would you give us having been through a marriage and now in your second marriage of how to navigate this business? Because we don't get to talk to people like yourself um, who are who are also in the business and the struggle. People don't understand the struggles that me and my wife go through because they're not in the business. Yeah. It's a unique career path. It is. And, uh, you know, people are always like, Sometimes you spend weeks or months away from your loved ones and, but then you're together, you know, weeks and months, you know, like, um, so it kind of balances out, honestly, like some dads went, my dad went to work six days a week. I saw him on, on Sundays, you know, and some dads go to work nine to five and then they come home and they spend dinners with kids and they have weekends and, and I'm all either, you know, working 12 hours a day for a month or two, and then I'm home for a month or two. You know, so it, it kind of the concentrated period where I'm gone working and then there's a concentrated period where I'm there at home. So I try to balance that out. I also try to, you know, have a, a two week rule where I don't go two weeks without seeing my family because that's important to me. You know, uh, I think I think you have to have that connection. So like two weeks feels like the right amount of time where you start to feel like even FaceTime's not really helping. So like having like a physical connection after two weeks, I'll fly home or I'll fly them in. Uh, and that's, that's helpful. When did, um, when did the daughters come? At what point in your career? Was it Nurse Jackie years? Was it Twilight years? Was it before that where the daughters started coming into the picture? I mean, I, I was 
really young. I I, I had my first kid when I, when I was twenty two. So oh, you're uh, really you're a real immigrant, bro. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I met my ex wife on a movie set, and then like six months later, we we were having a baby, you know. So I had just got, came out of my, you know, living with my parents and six months later, somebody, you know, nine months later, someone's calling me dad. You know, you know, it's just, I was like, I'm not done calling my parents dad, mom and dad. Like I haven't even had time to kind of like form my, myself. Uh, so look, I, I don't regret anything. I think I had three beautiful daughters with my ex-wife. Uh, we're friends now and, um, you know, you, you go on a path and uh, you, you know, you, you, you're there for each other and then you sometimes you grow apart and, and sometimes people come into your life and, and, and they're there for either a season or they're there for longer. Uh, with my, my ex-wife, like she's always in my life, you know, we're just in, in each other's lives in a different capacity. Well, I have a son and we had our son first and I now, I now have a daughter and holy shit, are they different. Mm. Uh, I know that you now have a son is is it is it completely different or is it just happening to me? I mean, I I don't know you because he's only one, so he's a sweet boy. Might be too early to yeah. Pass. He's a little guy. Yeah. He's a little guy. He's a little guy. He's only one. He's just starting to walk, but like <laughs> he's got personality. I'll tell you that. Uh, and it, you know, it's kind of fun doing it all over because I I had I bookend it like I was the youngest dad, now I'm the oldest dad. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember being in kindergarten with my with my first daughter, and I was literally like looked like a baby myself. Like I was super young. Now, like bookending it on the other side, where I'm one of the oldest dads in the kindergarten class, but soon, you know, because uh, because my oldest is 26, and then I have a 20 year old and a 17 year old, all, all with my former wife, and so. I could have just posted into grandpa land, but I decided <laughs> I'm kind of in this weird in-between state where I'm too young to be a grandfather, maybe too old to be a dad, but I'm like, I like, I kind of miss being a dad. It's all I've ever known. And, and I thought, you know, it could be fun to do it all over again. I'm glad I did. I mean, he's, he's his little cheeks uh, are worth it. He's got these puppy cheeks. They're just so kissable, you know? <laughs> Why well, you squeeze on them? Cause you know, you know, with my son, you know, I don't know if I valued those squeezy moments. How old is your son now? He's eight years old and my daughter's going to be three. So, you know, my daughter, man, like I, I try to squeeze on her as much as possible. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. I, I just find you so very interesting. And uh, I, I, I kind of want to get into um, fire. Um, you know, I, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you've always played a character and now you get to play somebody in real life. And I got to tell you, man, I, I, I saw the, the trailer. Number one, those are the movies that I like. I like movies about people, human beings. I like movies about um, real struggle and heart, heart and moments in life. Um, so it seems like, and correct me wrong, you know, now you're playing like a dude. You know, you're not you're not the doctor that somebody wrote in their oh, jacket. I, I love that character, by the way. I love Kirby. Oh, thanks. You know, but that was something that was written, and I would assume that you were able to create who Coop was, and, yeah, yeah. and and now you're playing this real guy that made this decision that could have 
ended his life. Yeah, I mean, when I got this movie, I mean, look, there's fires in the news every other week and it's just such a prevalent story. And it's like, it's been in the news too long. And I, I didn't feel like we needed to make a movie to draw attention to it because there's enough attention there. But what I liked about this movie is it kind of shows you uh, what the victims have to go through. You know what I mean? Like, like you're in the round zero of what happens when you're in those fires and the, what they experience. And there's a lot of great takeaways, you know? And, uh, you know, we give tribute to firefighters, we give tribute to 911 operators. There's a 911 operator that's helping us through the, the night. And what I love about this movie too is like, in the beginning of the movie, this guy, my character's dad, he's got, he's got bills, he's got his dad's sick, he's got an eight month old, uh, an eight month pregnant wife and uh, his son going off to college. He's trying to figure out how he's going to pay for that. Real issues, you know, that would make any man kind of feel like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And then this fire comes along and, and one night he realizes he's got everything that he needs. He's got his family. And if he's got his family, he has everything. And it makes all those small, all those big issues that he has at the beginning of the movie feel like, like, like anthills compared to like, he almost lost his family. And so for me, it's a, I, I, it's a good family movie because it's a family that's coming together to overcome something. And, uh, and, and it's beautiful, like art where every, every character, every, like my son has a heroic moment. My wife has heroic moments. I have heroic moments. My dad has heroic moments. He's played by Lance Henriksen. And so like the whole family has their, their job to do within this journey of this harrowing evening. And, uh, and, and usually in these, you know, survival movies, the dad's going to get everybody out and he's going to like save the day. And in this, the dad's doing the best he can. You know, you're a dad, like you do the best you can, but it's a really family effort. You know? No, definitely. And I, I was impressed by um, your appearance um, in it as well. You definitely made some choices. I mean, you know, and I mean this, you know, uh, you've always played kind of a well put together, good looking guy. And in this movie, you, you really, there's something really down to earth about the way you played this guy and the character mm -hmm. that you that you dug into. Were you able to draw from the dad, your dad growing up? I mean, where was the, you know, because I would like to be an actor. I'm a comic, obviously, yeah. but I, I always wonder where that, where, where your brain goes to create this character that now does not look like you, who is the guy that is nothing like you to get into this guy. I mean, you know what I mean? Am I making sense? How do you create the character? Yeah, how do you create this character and this image? Every role is a little different, right? So sometimes you're like, you have to go and do more research for something. Like, oh, I'm playing this fireman. I gotta, I gotta do more research there. I got this one, he was just a dad. And, and I felt like, a, like he, he was, I've met guys like this where they're kind of have that quiet reserve. You know what I mean? Uh, and and there's, a, there's a quietness about them, like there's something always going on in their mind, but there's, they're not as animated. They're just, uh, you know, they're like, they're the dad, you know, the dad of the family that's kind of like the quiet reserved. Right? And they're a little intimidating because you sit there, you don't know what they're going to say, you know what they're thinking, but there's that. Uh, and I kind of, I've met dads like that. And I, uh, my dad's not like that. He's more animated and jovial, but this character was more, you know, kind of this, a guy who's had a lot of weight on his shoulders, and 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 I wanted to, that to, I wanted to feel that 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 weight that he had, and then when he gets dropped into this night, and uh, he's trying to figure out what to do, like 
you know, the struggles that you see there that he doesn't have all the answers all the time, you know, and he's doing the best he can. There's one scene I really like, it's a small scene, but like I kind of snap at my son and uh, and my wife calls me on it. And she's like, my name's name is Dave. She's like, Dave. And I realized what I snapped at him and I, I turned to him and I apologized. And I was like, that's such a beautiful moment because a lot of times you don't see that movie like where the dad kind of snaps and then he's actually man enough to apologize to his son because usually they double, you know, in real life you double down or you get embarrassed that you got called out. But like, you know, that's a good dad. A dad who like doesn't always make the right choices, but when he doesn't, he, he owns it. You know what I mean? And it's a small moment in the film and it goes by really quick. I'm like, those are the little moments that define character for me. You know? Yeah, it's such, an, it's such an impressive trait in a human to be able to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very rare, and I'm being honest, it's very rare that I watch a trailer and then go, oh, I'm watching that, right? And yeah. I watch the trailer and I'm like, holy cow. But but again, this is a movie that is the kind of movies I like. So mm -hmm. maybe, maybe the, you know, because it was about a real family, a real situation, a real dad, because I identify so much as like, oh my God, what would I do? Right? Yeah. Um, you know, what would I do? What would that situation be for me? So, you know, I'm so excited to watch this movie. Me and my wife love to go sit down, enjoy a movie, get out of the world we're living in and, and just kind of get into this. So I'm so excited to watch it. I think you're fantastic. I, I have been, a fan, I have been a fan of yours since Twilight and, you know, I, I, I get so frustrated because I enjoyed that movie. And when people go, well, vampires aren't supposed to be glittery. I go, vampires don't, vampires don't exist. So, so we don't know what they are. Um, I really, I, my wife and I both love that. So before we let you go, uh, one yeah. of the one of the best episodes uh, that my wife and I did recently that that just got tons and tons of uh, um, uh, comments and and people get into recurring dreams. Mm. Okay, so I one of my recurring dreams is I get in a fight but I can't hit them, and it's something uh, that I get that dream all the time. Renee's recurring dream is my teeth. Her teeth falling out. What recurring dream do you have and what do you think it means? Wow, it's so crazy because uh, I never remember my dreams. Never? Very rarely. I'm the same way too. It's rare that I have a dream, but I do often have, if I remember it, it's usually got something to do with teeth. You can look that up. There's a, there's like, have you looked up what the teeth mean? We did, like what they mean. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I think the teeth means. Uh, it's like a vulnerable insecurity thing. A vanity thing. Yeah. Right about what you look like, and then the 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 what was the fighting one, Miss Lori? That you're not in control. That I'm that, I'm, that I have no control. Yeah. That I'm losing. That I'm losing control. So you know, I, I, Renee and I started talking about these dreams, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, what do they mean?" And, and then to find out that that I'm not the only one that has that dream, right? It's like common yeah. reoccurring themes. That's yeah. I definitely I I've had dreams that I, and I can't remember them now, but like that I remember the next day and looked them up and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, I I I remember having a dream where a plane crashed uh, right before nine eleven, and that was terrifying because it, it scared me so bad that I didn't want to get on a plane. 
and I had a flight out on 9-11 going from LA to New York. And so I, I, I was supposed to go to a wedding and I told my wife at the time, uh, I said, you know, I think we should fly. We should, maybe we should take the train. It'd be fun. And she's like, I don't know. The train's going to take three days to get there. So the whole night before I was up, I couldn't sleep. Like I was like cold sweats. I was, and I'm not a guy who's afraid to fly ever. Like I love flying. Uh, but for some reason, because of that dream, I was so afraid of flying. And I got up that next morning. I thought, you know what? What a chance of a plane going down. It usually happens overseas. I'll be fine. And I grabbed my bags and I walked to the car. And the guy, the guy who came to pick us up said, uh, it was like, it was like in, in the morning because we had an early flight. And he said, a plane just hit the World Trade Center. And I thought, oh, my God. And I literally, my heart stunk. And I went inside and I turned on TV and it said two planes have hit the World Trade Center. And I thought they, they got the pluralization wrong. I was wondering planes, like, I was confused. And then I watched the footage and I just kind of sat there. My next wife was like, I'm going to the airport. I was like, no, I don't think we're going to today. But, it, but that's the only dream I kind of remember. Maybe that's why I don't remember my dreams because <laughs> they, they kind of are prophetic. That's what I was going to say. It might be better that you stop remembering your dreams. Well, <laughs> I mean, it was just that one plane. I mean, I was, it took me like a couple of weeks to like, I got back on a plane a couple of weeks later, but like after that, I felt fine. It was really that I just had a sinking feeling, like a bad feeling. And the, the weird part was flying on 9-11, like we were going from LA to New York. So, I mean, there could be something on that plane too, but it got uh, canceled because it was earlier, you know, it, it, those, those two planes had already hit. So the airports were already kind of shutting down. That's crazy. Wow, that is a that is a, a trippy, trippy thing. But I mean, look, I think we're all connected. I think the world, you know, yeah. there's so many things that, that we feel and see. And maybe sometimes, in my opinion, we don't, we feel something and we just dismiss it, right? When it could have been something or somewhere, but to have a dream, and there, you're not the only one that had a dream of, you know, that. So it's just one of those things that it's out there in the world, but... Man, I'm I'm so excited to watch this movie with my wife, with my family. Uh, it's, okay. it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure talking to you. My wife and I are both fans of of Thank you so much. Well, I want to know what you think. I want a review now from you guys. I want you guys to tell me about <laughs> it. I'm excited to, to hear what you think. Well, uh, we'll let you know. We we really do. Okay. We always talk about the things that we enjoy watching. Or we don't need glitz and glam. We don't need explosions. Like, just give us a good heartfelt story. And, well, and this we'll one has some action in there too, and uh, and and you're not gonna fall asleep. You'll be on the edge of your seats. That, that's the thing with this movie. Sometimes movies kind of have a dip, and you kind of feel like, oh, I'm getting sleepy. This movie's like wall to wall nail biting. Like you're, it's a nail biter for sure. And and real quick, I was gonna let you go, but I can't now. Um, <laughs> I'm just moving in, guys. We got a spare room here. <laughs> yeah, we got we got too many spare rooms. That's the problem at our house. <laughs> we are the house for the relatives, you know. Uh, how much CGI and how much of that was was like? I mean, I felt like you could feel the freaking heat. I mean, you guys are running through this alley of fires, and I'm like, it looks fucking real as shit is it real is it cgi it's good acting because we had no real fire we had like one day where we set a guy on fire for it was a stunt uh and that was a, a shot where we actually had to set a guy on fire which was terrifying uh 
And then the rest of it were like flame bars and like lighting and smoke. And then we added all the fire after, and we did uh, a lot of um, like like stock footage. Like sec we actually took real fires from real fires and put them in too. Now I can't tell the difference between the actual fires that we shot, like, and also the CGI. It's that, the CGI has come so far uh, that that it looks so good. Um, that's why it feels like you feel that heat. When we're acting, it's like one of the hardest things to do is. Act when there's nothing there it's easier to act when something's there you know if something's not there you're like it's you got to use all of your imagination and also the other actors have to be like a hundred percent in it too um because it could get silly you know i remember i was doing a scene in twilight i'm supposed to be fighting werewolves and they were throwing these like furry stacks at us <laughs> and everybody just started <laughs> and i was like guys come on we got it this has got to feel real you know otherwise it's like gonna be silly and you just have to like commit 110% sometimes. When you get like these furry sacks getting thrown at you and they're supposed to be werewolves, sometimes you break up and laugh, you know? It looked, it looked I mean, it looked intense. I mean, yeah. you know, like like I said, I saw the trailer, I actually watched it several times. I mean, it, I mean, just like I said, one of the best trailers I've seen that I go, I wanna watch that, you yeah, know? And I'm excited about it, and I can't wait. And we hope that the people that, that listen to us and follow us uh, also enjoy and go out and watch this movie. But, man, hopefully we catch up in person. You know, I am um, in California doing shows all the time, and uh, we're, we're huge fans. So thank you for taking the time out for us, man. Thank well, you. Well, I'll just say, if you like the Taylor Swift movie, you'll love On Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift is 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 helping football out right now. Yeah. So <laughs> but absolute pleasure, my friend. We will see you next time, and, and all the success in the world. Thank you. Hey, thanks. I want a full review after you watch it. I will send you one, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, see you guys. Bye. Bye.